Welcome to the Academy of Esports with James O'Hagan. He's on fire. Boom shakalaka. Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. I'm your host, James O'Hagan, and this week I have Andrew Chish. He is the shoutcaster for the Horlick Rebels and the Wisconsin High School Esports Association. Andrew, thank you for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast today. Thank you for having me. Andrew, you are only the second scholar gamer that I've had on the podcast. The other uh, student, George Walker, who's a student up at uh, Milwaukee. Um, but you're t- but the reason why I was so interested in having you today is because you are probably you're making quite a reputation for yourself as a top shout caster already in the high school phases. Uh, you just called state finals in uh, where were we? Where were we? Oh, we were, we were in Wausau. Wausau. Thank you. Yes, yep. we were all the way up in Wausau, northern part of Wisconsin. And uh, that was uh, a heck of a day where you called the Rocket League finals uh, for the state. Uh, you actually called several matches leading up to finals. And we're going to talk to you about what that experience has meant to you. But before we do, I always lead in with some questions for my guests. And I have a set set of questions. And here we go. This is going to help the audience to get to know you a little better as a student and as a, as a shoutcaster. So first question, what is that game? And it doesn't have to be a video game that stands out as having been important to you at some point in your life. Why is that experience meaningful? So the game would be Mario Kart Wii for sure. So I play this game with my family every night at 6.30 pretty much. Or, you know, a little around that time. Every night you guys play? Yeah, pretty much every night, yeah. Now, is this a game where, because we all know Mario Kart. Again, you could do two on two, you could drive by yourself, four on four, or have multiple people. Who, how many people in your family? Me, my brother, and my mom. So three people. Okay. So of the three of you then, uh, who is the best driver of the three? Like in the game or? Yeah, in the game. No. <laughs> oh, me. Oh. <laughs> me. It's you. Now, yeah. how did you get your mother involved in playing the game with you guys? I guess just when we got the Wii, she was hooked with it. We had Wii Sports too, and she really liked that. And we kind of branched into Mario Kart too because we got that with the Wii as well. That you like that too. So, and I can imagine, out. I can imagine that having your mother as part of the gaming has maybe made some of your um, experiences coming into esports and and being a shoutcaster. Has that has that helped make your um, transition into being again a top shoutcaster in the state of Wisconsin? Has that has that helped at all having her included in the games and the games that you uh, follow and play? Yeah, yeah, it it does for sure. Okay, uh, it, you know it's it's important that we have parents who are so so supportive in this space, and I hear to me it's fantastic to hear that your mother is playing these games with you, right? Because um, it's such a new space, and not many parents are you know used to this. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, I'm I'm look, Andrew, I'm forty, going to be forty seven here in <laughs> August. I grew up playing video games. Do you know if your mom even play, grew up playing video games? Was she a gamer when she was a kid? Yeah, 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 she was. Okay, all right, yep. that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has she introduced you into any of the games that she really loves? I would probably say maybe a couple of the old NES games. Can't remember them because, you know, obviously youngster over here, but yeah. <laughs> she's definitely introduced me to some some good stuff. I've played Legend of Zelda for the first time a couple uh, during the start of the pandemic. I had never played the Legend of Zelda. I brought I put the whole thing on Twitch. I don't care if nobody watched it. <laughs> but it was my first time playing it. And boy, fast game to play it in when you compare it to like a you know, like a Final Fantasy Seven or an Elden Ring right. or something like that. 
but it was uh, a lot of fun now for me to do because I didn't grow up with those things in my house. I had to go to an arcade. <laughs> Second question, um, maybe it's totally eccentric or maybe it's quite traditional, but what is your superpower? That is that thing that you did, do better than most people or what do you wish you could do? So for me, uh, my superpower is adaptability. You said adaptability? Yes, adaptability. Yep. All right. And how does that how do you how do you see yourself as being so adaptable? So I come from kind of a troubled past, you know. So my two brothers, they're autistic. One's nonverbal. One is verbal. He I'm sorry, fumbling on my words here. No, you're good. He is a cancer survivor, but he's got the mindset of a child, you know, so it's kind of hard to, you know, take care of both of them. And my other, the other brother who's nonverbal has had seizures for like the past two years. So that's, that's been tough too. So my ability to, you know, adapt to these situations and, you know, still do well in school and even become, you know, a top shoutcaster, like you said. So that's what makes me adapt. And for those who might be, you know, Andrew just led on a little bit that he's a he's a high level student. He is. In fact, we had to hold off on this conversation until the school year was over because there was AP finals. There was finals. And he's like he was in it. He, Andrew yeah. was like, I got to get these things done. And that's something I know that when we talk about being a scholar gamer, that is that not just a regular gamer, but doing it for school, that it is so important to have. Um, that realization that there's things that have to get done and, and school is, I know, has been uh, at the forefront for you. In fact, I even talked to your counselor, Miss Moreno, recently, and um, she she was just talking about you. you know, she, she stopped me and yeah. said, oh, have you seen Andrew's? I'm like, yes, I've seen Andrew's article. Of course <laughs> I've seen Andrew's article. Um, and I'll post a link to the article yep. um, in, the, in the show notes here today. But Andrew uh, also... Uh, when this article and I don't know I'll try to time this podcast release maybe I won't release it Sunday night but I want to try to time it as well because you're going to have an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel which is one of the largest papers in the United States with a huge network so that is fantastic as well but Andrew as somebody myself who grew up in a family with two grandparents who both had um, severe um strokes where they were debilitated i really um appreciate that you being so on, uh, open about um you know being adaptable to your brothers as well too mm-hmm. and i yep. i appreciate that uh, you include them in games and, and and things like that as well um all right well here let's go on to the next question name one right. song uh, or i know i know you're ready for this one name one <laughs> song name that one song whenever it hits your speakers you are going to sing along to it Reach for the stars from Sonic Colors. That song is forever stuck in my head. Is that is that something like if you had a soundtrack to your life, that would be like the theme? Yeah, as you're, as you're going so. through. I yeah, so. I think everybody has a soundtrack in their lives, in their minds. Like for me, I constantly have the baseline, the opening baseline to the song "Rapper's Delight." I don't know why, <laughs> but but like "Rapper's Delight" is is the song that I do. So for you, it it is. Say again, it was what? I'm sorry. I, I Reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. I was going to say Sonic for the stars, and I knew that wasn't right. So, <laughs> reach for the stars. Yeah, it comes from a pretty underrated Sonic game, in my opinion. Sonic Colors. Well, and, and I know that they just canned the new Sonic game for a bit, or at least the open world game, I believe. Yeah, the Frontiers game, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the idea of it. I mean, the, the, the characters, the Sonic characters are so transcendent. I mean... When we talk about esports and gaming, um, 
you know, there's common languages that we speak. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog being one of them that if I said to you, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know what I'm, I'm talking about, right? right? Yep. And if you said to me, you know, I, I don't know, give me a game. Uh, give me a game that you think I would know who a character is right away. Probably Mario. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I could just say Mario yeah. Brothers. Yeah, and I can go through Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach, and Toadstool. I mean, I can do the whole thing. So, yeah, right, we go. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And now, this one is getting into the, to the work that you do, because I know that there are so many people so focused on the games when we talk about esports that shoutcasting is when I say that word to a lot of people, they look at me like I they have no idea what I'm talking about. They think I'm like people are just yelling into microphones because literally they hear shout and they just think screaming. So what is the one thing about your field as a shoutcaster that surprises people when they first hear about it? I would say what you said before about the whole term of shoutcasting in general, you know, because everybody's like, oh, they're shouting, you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, <laughs> broadcaster or commentator. It's the same thing. It's just that around these parts, we use shoutcasting instead of broadcasting. It's now, the same do, thing. Now, your your primary game that you like to shoutcast is Rocket League, correct? Yes. How did you How did you find yourself shoutcasting Rocket League? Well, it was due to an opportunity given by uh, Coach Smith at Horlick for uh, my sophomore year since... I was on the JV team and they wanted me to cast four of their games. And I said, sure. So it was the week seven, week eight games. And then it was two playoff games. Now, how me seeing you in action in real time is amazing because you're not just somebody who shows up to the game. Um, I know that I've listened to, I'm a huge baseball fan. I've always been somebody who follows along baseball, but I, I more like how it's a, you know, I can put on a baseball game in the background and it's almost conversational. It's almost like it, it creates this atmosphere around me where there's action going on, but there's also talking. And I know that these sportscasters do amazing show prep just to get ready for every single baseball game. How do you find yourself? Because I've seen your notes and oh my gosh, I, I took a picture of one of your notes pages. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's the notebook, everybody. If you haven't seen it before, there's a <laughs> And it's just a simple college rule, 75 cent. Well, with, yep. with inflation now, probably $1.50. Um, yep. <laughs> how, how do you prepare? So when I saw you last shoutcast, it was the Horlick case Rocket League playoff to go to state. How did you prepare for that match? So what I did was I just got mentally prepared for it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to cast this game. But, you know, you get so high up in your emotions, but you got to cool down. And that's what I sort of did. But how do you because I noticed on your notes, did you did you? do any scouting of any of the play- or I know that you know all the Horlick players because those are your buddies from high school right but but I, and I know case as well you probably know some of the case players but how did you prepare did you did you was there anything you had to know beforehand for that match or did you feel like you could walk in and just have it naturally come to you I would say maybe like what their skill level or rank was heading into it because that's like the main thing I look for is okay like their rank because that tells me a lot about them as a Okay. Are there other games that you feel comfortable um, casting? Or are there other things that you want to step into as far as this field goes right now? Yeah, so there's a couple games at least. So unfortunately, I wanted to do Overwatch, but, you know, with the community guideline stuff or with Sia, obviously that's not going to happen. So that's kind of a bummer. 
we are uh we'll, let's put a pause let's let's we'll come back to that question here in just a little yeah. bit because i want to i want to get down on that a little bit but so outside of overwatch what's another game that you look forward to potentially is having in your your uh collect as your what we call it a portfolio what what's another game that you want to have in your portfolio available to you to to show people like that that shout casting is something that's real and is something that you really wish to pursue rainbow six siege which we won't have in RUSD. Right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I but I know that there's people who will just pick up a, a you know, they'll go on Twitch, they'll find something and they will just sit there and practice calling it. Um, how do you prepare to call? How did you outside of what you've done with Rocket League in the state? Do you do something like that where maybe you're watching or do you do you have any uh, not just doesn't have to be shoutcasters, but broadcasters that you really follow and try to emulate their style. So I would probably say like people who cast for the NFL. So probably like, you know, an Al Michaels, a Gus Johnson, stuff like uh, people like that. And also WWE people too. I was I just going to say, I'm right, so yeah, excited uh-huh. that you brought that up. Yep. I, that's one of the things I think that I don't think football has done it so much, but I really wish sometimes that the shoutcasting world would take more of a page from the WWE or yeah. from AEW or whichever professional wrestling. I mean, uh, uh, to me, uh, Jerry Lawler, who yep. has gone from being a heel to kind of a good guy to kind of, you know, back and forth. He's probably one of the better uh, announcers. Jim Ross, of For course. Sure. Yeah. Jim Ross, even after his stroke, he still is able to produce such amazing quality. Uh, Who do you you look at in the wrestling world as being somebody who maybe has a style a little little bit that you want to emulate as well? Probably it's it's in my generation, probably Michael Cole. I mean, he's he's the voice of WWE at this point. You said Michael Cole? Yes, Michael Cole, yeah. Maybe a Pat McAfee too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pat McAfee too. Little mix of both, you know. And I really wish that the esports world would take more from WWE. Just not just with the shoutcasting. I wish some of the people who are the competitors would almost take more of a WWE. Uh, you know, with the promos. Oh, they're, just, they're they're too distracted on the fact that oh, it's fake wrestling. You know, we get that. You know, it's scripted entertainment. We're here for the entertainment. And that's so important. And I think that's why, Andrew, the work that you do is so admirable at such a young age age is because you are able to put together an entertaining and informative shoutcast from such an early age without having, you know, the the years of training. I mean, it's not like RUSD even has a radio program. I know Mm -hmm. in the Chicagoland area and we'll include Milwaukee just in this conversation as the Chicagoland area. Um, at the far south side, there is Homestead, uh, not Homestead High School, Home, Homewood Flossmoor High School, which had this amazing broadcast program that has turned out Ben Bradley, who does the news in Chicago. There's Lawrence Holmes, who does radio on 670. There's Jason Benetti, who does the White Sox games. And Jason Benetti calls everything. He calls baseball, basketball, football, all these things. Do you feel that that you're getting and be completely bluntly honest even though i i'm still technically working for rusd my my last day is coming up here but what is something that you wish you could get in school that you're maybe you're not getting right now that maybe help might help you follow this passion 
I would say maybe like a commentating class in general because we don't really have that. So almost like giving speeches or debate or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I've had a little bit of that for sure. Okay. I think one of my English classes for my freshman year, we did debates and stuff like that, but that was only for like a little while, you know. Have you ever gotten into drama? Getting in on a, up, Have you ever thought about getting up on a stage and performing? No. <laughs> That's not my type of gig. No. <laughs> you like the you like the microphone here, right? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. That's see, that's where I got my start. Credit to I those got... who do it. I just I just don't want to do it. <laughs> well, as somebody who did drama all through middle and high school, was in a marching band in front of in at, at Purdue in front of anywhere from ten thousand on a bad season to fifty thousand on a good season. Um, I get I get that 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 kind of performance art isn't always necessarily for everybody. But again, if, if the microphone is where you're at and where you need it to be, then that's right. perfect. Um, now, you I mean, in talk- the, re- sorry. In the yeah. realms of that, you know, I've presented a speech in front of like 300 people. So it's not, you know, getting up onto like a stage or a podium to do that. It's just that it's not my interest. Figured right. I put that in there. <laughs> Figured <laughs> I throw that out there. Now, I know some as- people are going to watch this podcast are going to, you know, remember that. Well, well, here's what I hope is that you look back on this in three or four years as you as you progress and and you grow in this. And I hope that you look at this in a moment. Either you go, oh, wow, I did really well on that. Or, oh, my God. It's like me when I first did my first podcast. <laughs> my first podcast looked like a hostage video. I, and I've I've been a teacher for 23 years. I've stood in front of students. I can talk, teach, whatever. For some reason, that camera was right here. And I was like. Hello, my name is James O'Hagan, and I'm going to talk to you about <laughs> esports today. It was seriously that. Oh man, have you listened to any of your old, like maybe your first shoutcast and gone, "Oh my gosh"? Yeah, is, yeah. Is, is it cringe? Yeah, I would. Yeah, especially <laughs> since I don't have this mic right here for those. You know. Oh, were you just using like a like a? I was using this mic right here. This one. Okay. Yeah. Mic makes a difference, doesn't? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got this nice little Rode mic uh, that I use. Uh, it's a look when you get a little older, four hundred dollars. Hey, yeah. But <laughs> how is your fam? Now again, your your passion has been through this. How has your family helped support you in this? They they've helped support me with like being with me one hundred percent throughout the whole journey. And now that I know that you had uh, you'd done a shoutcast for the state and you used the Carthage College. Um, shoutcasting room and you you actually worked with one of the college shoutcasters what do you hope to do as your next step you're coming up on your senior year i'm sure miss moreno and your mom is asking you what's next right where, yep. where have you where have you thought about going in the future carthage for college it just took that one and, time going in the yeah summer, right yep i know that uh kevin palmer who is the head coach at carthage director of esports at carthage is very interested in, again in tapping into the rusd community and i know when he saw you he was uh very interested about bringing you in what if i may ask and this is, this is a this could be a silly answer or it could be a very serious one what about that experience at that day when we were on the carthage cam- campus was the thing that you took away from remembering the most I would say just their studio room in general, like the screen was the screens were so big. You know, there was so much going on in that room. It was crazy. See, that's the answer. That's the that's the nice, you know, politically safe answer. Here's what I thought your answer was going to be, because I heard this from so many people. 
of, of the people who showed up that day. Oh my gosh, they gave us all this free food. You mean we can eat all of this? <laughs> you guys had the cafeteria and all you Ew, wanted yeah. to do was just be together in the cafeteria. What I loved about that, though, was it wasn't just Horlick kids and Case kids sitting apart. It felt like you guys were together. Has that has that also helped having teams that play together and work together in these in this kind of mindset? Through yeah, sports? for sure. Definitely. Yep. And I know that you, you've I, I'm sure you probably what have your own space down and not your parents space. But now they just let you do whatever you want. You just walk back to the shoutcasting studio and they just let you go crazy. Or do you do this mostly from home? I do it mostly from home. Okay. Well, I had to get uh, necessities to do that, but yes. <laughs> well, Andrew, I know that coming up, uh, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. You know, I know Carthage is right now your number one choice, but I know that there's other programs out there. Uh, Boise State has a, a fantastic uh, collegiate program, though it's an out-of-state tuition, but who knows, maybe they throw money around. But um, for other shoutcasters, maybe like yourself, who are thinking about what next steps are. There's In our own area, we have Illinois School for Broadcasting, which does... Uh, teaches people how to be radio and television uh, hosts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. Has esports helped you find what you want to do um, later on after ha- after high school? Yes, yes, it has. And is is the being a is in broad in sports journalism and broadcasting is your dream, right? Yes. And, and maybe maybe a lot of people don't know this. Who who is that? There's this team up north. I've heard they like. I think they're, it's called Green Bay Packers. I I don't know. I've oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They got they got some guy. <laughs> named, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I know there's a team called the Bears, but I, I don't want to talk about them. But let me. There's ask a you team this. in Seattle too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Except the you, quarterback left. You got to, but you got to interview a former Green Bay Packer great. Yes. Also and, a former Seattle Seahawks. And, Seahawks. and Seahawk. So and rugby player, former rugby player yep. as well, too. Uh Amon Green. Tell me how that how did that come about? Because I know you have you have a coach also, not just Mr. Smith, but you have another coach as well as well who has really helped to make that connection for you, hasn't it? Yes. So the other coach's name is uh Michael Laller. He's a uh, he's the coach for the Spike team at Horley. So how I was able to do the Amon Green interview was through a Google Doc. So Laller hit me up and he's like, hey, do you want to do this interview with Amon Green? I'm like, sure. So it's it was a Google Doc. I had to create 10 questions. Now, wait, before we, go, a- before we get into the process, you have to understand, Mr. Lawler is also a esports journalist. Yes, yes. Forgot to mention that. He's the editor-in-chief at Esports Hub. Thank you. And he's kind of been mentoring you through all this for, for yes. a while, hasn't he? Okay. Yes. All right. So you, so you put together your 10 questions for Amon. Yep. Put a okay. bonus question in there. So I should have probably brought this up with the adaptability thing, but I have a condition called hydrocephalus. It's excess fluid in the brain. And whenever, really? you know, I get hit in the head really hard, you know, I get, you know, really dizzy, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a hard thing to juggle, too. But how did, how did that work into, did that work into the interview at all? I mean. Yes, yes. That was okay. the bonus question. Like, oh. Choosing sports journalism and commentating over, you know, being a football player because I follow football so much. Uh, as somebody whose dad uh, played football, my grandfather played for the New York Giants. I played in high school. I, I Honestly, if I had esports, I would have picked esports and, and probably would have been a shoutcaster like yourself. Who knows if where I would have been? Maybe not a teacher, maybe a shoutcaster. Um, 
But that's also interesting, too, that you bring up, because I know, for example, Jason Benetti, he has um, cerebral palsy. There's there's nothing that keeps you from being a, a, at this point. There's nothing. You have a microphone, you have a headset, you have your mind. You speak very well. Your voice, I can hear that baritone is growing as you get a little older here. Um, this is limitless, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Any major plans for the summer or are you just going to be like, hey, this is my last summer before I got to figure out college and go from there? Yeah, I'm probably just going to chill out most of the summer. All right. Well, Andrew Chiz, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Academy of Esports podcast. Uh, before we go, where can what is your um, Twitter cha- or tw- your Twitter channel? Your Twitter <laughs> ch- handle is in if you're watching this on on YouTube, uh, it is in the or on Twitch. It's in the uh, uh, box here. But where can they follow you on Twitch? So they can follow me on. So my Twitch is TurboJuggler32. I stream sometimes on there, not really all the time. So, yeah, if you guys want to follow me there, go ahead. Well, I also have a YouTube channel, too. So it's the same username, TurboJuggler32. And, if, of course, they can always go back. And if there's any, I know that I've got a lot of uh, people in the collegiate world who follow this podcast along. Uh, you can go to the WIHSEA uh, twi- Twitch channel and you can rewatch some of the matches that Andrew has called. Andrew Chiz, it's been an absolute pleasure for me to have you here today. Thank you for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N and through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash T-A-O Esports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.